when he sent others into our lives to demonstrate his love and yet we used them, he just loved us. When we turned our back on him, he just loved us. When we broke his heart over and over again, he just loved us. When we were chasing the world, he just loved us. Welcome to Wesley Amazon Church, where we're working the vineyard through faith, worship, witness, and service. Have you ever found it difficult to love someone? Have you ever found it challenging to express your love? Well, today, Pastor Jones shares with us how God expressed his love towards humanity. Let's go into the message. Welcome to Wesley Amazon Church. And we again thank you for joining us today. And we continue to celebrate you and we continue to pray God's blessings upon you. But as always, we like to get straight to it. Our text today can be found in the book of Romans chapter 5. That's Romans chapter 5. And we're going to take a look at verses 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of God's unbelievable love. God's unbelievable love. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we ask now that your blessings be with us, God. And we ask, God, that your grace would fall afresh upon us. Let your grace fall afresh upon me, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit fill me now, God, for your will and for your glory. Use me, Father. Anoint me afresh. And then, God, I pray that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. God's unbelievable love. Some of us might be surprised to know that Valentine's Day started around 500 A.D. Yes, around 500 A.D., Valentine's Day was discovered. Yes, the word Valentine in Latin is valinus, and it means worthy, strong, or powerful. And sometime during the 18th century, February 14th, businessmen began to turn it into a profit-making thing. Yes, it's somewhere around the 18th and the 19th century, they began to make money off of what we call Valentine's Day. And it began to be associated with cards and jewelry and candy and, and gift giving. Yes, and it began to be a money-making scheme for many of the people in the business world. But it was supposed to be centered around the expression of love and how we express our love one toward another. You see, I remember in elementary school when Valentine's Day came along, it was simple. Yes, during that time, Valentine's Day just included you giving out candy that you had your parents purchase. And much of that candy came with a little card attached to it. It said, will you be mine? See, Valentine's Day was simpler back then. Yes, it was just simply about the candy. Or if you had somebody that you really cared about or you thought that you were really in love with in elementary school. You would give them the candy along with a handwritten note. And that handwritten note had a question in it. Will you go with me? Yes or no. And sometimes they answered yes. And you found yourself with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. But that's when love connection was easy and it was easy to do. But then you came along high school and things began to be a little more challenging. Things began to get a little more serious as high school came along. No longer could you give a blow pop and a note and that would suffice. You had to come bigger than that. You had to make bigger plans and you had to come with bigger gifts. But then we talk about 
adult Valentine. Yes, we start talking about grown folk Valentine. And that's just when I learned that Valentine Day can get complicated. Yes, we found out that as an adult, Valentine Day become complicated. And around this time of year, people began to express their love. And as they start to express their love, we soon find ourselves maybe moving into where we're feeding into materialism. Yes, we began to feed the materialistic part of us. We began to desire things over the person that is given and we begin to get frustrated and angry if we don't get the right gift. But however, we are allowing this one day to become a day that determines our love for an individual. Whether or not we give a good gift or whether or not we give the perfect gift has become the determination of our love for that person. What happens to the other 364 days of the year? What happens to those days that we've expressed love throughout the rest of the year? Are they just null and void? Do they just get canceled out? Well, see, sometimes we have to realize that an expression of love has to be received. And if it's not received properly, it's not really an expression of love. We've just done something nice for someone, but because we didn't give them the gift that they wanted, because we didn't do it in an extravagant way that they desired, we find ourselves giving a gift that was not received for the love in which it was given. And when we understand that buying gifts is not what love is about, whether or not somebody buys us a gift, whether or not someone gives us something expensive or, or, or gives us something that we say we'll cherish forever, that's not what love is about. Love is about someone giving you their heart. Love is about someone expressing their heart to you. In fact, I think the attempt to give you the gift is greater than the, possibly the gift that has been given. See, it's the heart that is trying to express the love that is, that's most important. It's the idea and the fact that this person is trying to give you something from the heart that is really showing you how they feel. The question is, how can we love in a way that shows our true heart? For us, this is difficult because there's so many factors involved. Will the expression of love that I give be received with love? Will the expression of love be received in, by the other person have a sense of value and a sense of worth, a sense of appreciation with it? Will my expression of love be compared to someone else's expression of love? Will my expression of love be the one thing that I can show this person how I truly and really feel? For humans, there are so many obstacles that prevent love from being expressed and realized. The only one who has expressed love in a manner that cannot be equaled is God. God has given us the most unbelievable expression of love. God gave a love that was perfect in timing, power, and cause. You see, God gave a love that was perfect in timing, power, and cause. One of the first things that I want us to understand about this unbelievable love is this. He loved us at the right time. In verse six, it says that you see just at the right time. We have to understand that Paul tells us that at the right time, Christ died for us on the cross at Calvary. It wasn't too soon and it wasn't too late. It was at the right time that Christ went to the cross at Calvary and he died for our sins. You see, God's forbearance had come to an end. His ability to hold back, his ability to keep from executing his wrath against sin had been held back long enough. When we understand that God had been holding it back, he had been patient from Adam all the way to Jesus. 
Yes, God had been patient with humanity. He had been waiting on humanity. He had been giving us an opportunity. He's been giving us a chance. He was giving us an opportunity to build faith in him. But that had come to an end. His forbearance had come to an end. And because his forbearance had come to an end, it was now time for Christ to go to the cross at Calvary. Yes, Christ died at the right time. You see, God spent years preparing humanity for Jesus coming. He spent hundreds of years preparing humanity to receive his son that he was going to send into the world. But if we think about it, even after his son came into the world, even after Jesus Christ walked among us, even after divinity became flesh and showed us who he was. And in some cases, he told us who he was. He told us that he was the son of God. He told us that he was the great I am. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Jesus told us who he was, but it was the right time for him to go to the cross at Calvary. God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, as an expression of love. He loved us at the perfect time. He loved us at the right time. And when he loved us, he loved us with all that he had. He gave us the best that he had, his son, Jesus Christ. You see, he was helping humanity to be prepared to receive Christ. You see, it was the rightly prepared moment that God sent his only begotten son to the cross at Calvary. And aren't you so glad that when he sent Jesus Christ to the cross at Calvary, it opened the door for you and for me. Yes, because God's forbearance couldn't be held back any longer. He had to do something. And it was at the right time that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary. No longer would he have to hold back, but he would execute the wrath of his judgment upon his son. Yes, as Jesus Christ hung on that cross at Calvary, he took the wrath of God's judgment. He took the wrath that belonged to you and the wrath that belonged to me. Yes, all that hit Christ on that cross at Calvary, it should have hit us. We should have been there. We should have been the ones hanging on the cross. But it was out of his expression for love that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary. And he sent him at the right time. Not only did he love us at the right time, he loved us while we were powerless. Yes, Christ loved us while we were powerless. God expressed his love while we were powerless, without power to save ourselves. Yes, we may have tried, we tried to save ourselves. We, we tried to do right on our own. We tried to live right on our own. We tried to gain righteousness under our own power. But the truth of the matter is we were powerless to gain that righteousness. We were powerless to make ourselves righteous before God. So God had to love us while we were yet without power. He, you see, we didn't have the, the right stuff to please God. So he had to give us someone that would be able to have the righteousness that would be pleasing unto him. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary as an expression of his love. And that expression of his love... He loved us when we were powerless. No strength to bring about our own salvation. And in fact, we couldn't. But Jesus Christ came at the right time and he came even when we were powerless. You see, all we knew was sin. And if we are honest today, all we knew and all we may know now is sin. 
we know how to do sin well. It's when we try to do righteousness that we struggle. It's when we try to live right that we struggle. It's when we try to do the things that we're supposed to do that we struggle. Have you ever wondered why it's such a hard thing to do right? Why it's such a hard thing to, to live righteously? It's because of the sinful nature of ours. It allows us to live naturally and freely in sin. But thanks be to God, he loved us while we were powerless. Yes, he loved us when we were powerless. But on the cross at Calvary, the game changed. Yes, you see, on the cross at Calvary, through the cross, we received power. We received the power to, to live right on the cross at Calvary. We received the power to, to talk right. We received the power to, to, to walk right. But most of all, we received the power of God's saving grace. The song, the power in the, there's power in the blood says, would you be free from the burdens of sin? There is power in the blood. Would you be free from the passion of pride? There is power in the blood, not just power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb. In case you missed it, it's a wonder that we are saved, weak, but saved, guilty, but saved, unworthy, but saved. All because the wonder working power of the blood of Jesus Christ, all because of the wonder working power that came flowing down the hill of Calvary on that wretched day, all because of the wonder working power, all because of the wonder working power that comes from the blood of the Lamb. We were powerless to save ourselves, but because of the power that flows from Calvary, the power that saves from day to day, because of the power that flows from the heel of Calvary, we are saved by the grace of God. And it was not in our own doing. It was not under our own strength or our own power. We were powerless when Christ showed up and we were powerless as he went to that hill called Calvary. But since he's gone to Calvary, we now have the power of salvation. Since he's gone to that hill called Calvary, we now have the power to be righteous before the Lord. Since he's gone to the hill called Calvary, he's brought wonder working power into our life that we might experience that undeniable and unbelievable love of Christ. We've come to the most important part of our text. Not only did Christ and God love us at the right time, not only did they love us when we were powerless, but they loved us when we were sinners. Yes, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us while we were sinners. God loved us while we were sinners. The scripture says very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. And some may even try to die for a good man. But he said Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. While we were still in our sins, Christ died for us. See, Paul gives us an illustration in verse seven. And he says, some would dare die for those who are considered good or righteous. Notice what Paul says. Very rarely would this happen. Yes, he says, ask yourself this question. Who would you die for? Is there someone that you would substitute your life for? How righteous or how good does that person have to be for you to sacrifice your life for them? You see, Paul quickly points out what makes God's love so unbelievable. He didn't wait until we got it together that he sent his son to die for us. He didn't wait till we expressed undying love for him. 
to send his son to die for us. No, God didn't wait for any of that. God gave his only begotten son to die in our place while we were still sinners. Yes, while we were still in our sins, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary to die in our place. You see, while we were lying, he died for us. While we were partying, he died for us. While we were wallowing in our sins, he died for us. While we were doing our own thing, he died for us. While we were living selfishly, he died for us. While we were enemies with God, he died for us. Do we get the picture yet? While we were enemies with God, while we were still in our sins, while we were living a sinful life, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. That's love. Who can express that type of love but God? Again, the scripture says some would maybe try to die for a righteous or a good person. But as Paul expressed, that very rarely would happen. Yes, we may hear stories of, about people giving their life or, or sacrificing their life so that someone can live. But how often does that happen? It doesn't happen that often. But God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary that he might die in our place and save us while we were still in our sins. I don't know about you, but that's love to me. That's the type of love that I'm longing for. That's the type of love that I desire. The type of love that is sacrificial. The type of love that doesn't count things against me, the type of love that doesn't hold grudges, the, the type of love that is long suffering. That is the type of love that we're all looking for. The type of love that God has expressed on the cross at Calvary through his son, Jesus Christ. God wants me to tell you today, loving you wasn't hard at all. Yes. He wants me to let you know that when we were out there in the world, he just loved us. When we were deep in our sins, he just loved us. When we didn't know how to do right, he just loved us. When he had sent others to tell us about his love, he just loved us. When he sent others into our lives to demonstrate his love, and yet we used them, he just loved us. When we turned our back on him, he just loved us. When we broke his heart over and over again, he just loved us. When we were chasing the world, he just loved us. You see, loving you wasn't hard at all, God says. I just did what I am. I am love. God wants to let you know today that he is love and that he loves you. He loves you enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross at Calvary to pay your sin debt. He loves you enough to let you know that I've given the greatest sacrifice of all. I've given my only begotten son that you might have a right to life. I gave you the greatest expression of love. I was willing to make a great sacrifice so that you might live. He made a great sacrifice while we were yet sinners. He made this great sacrifice while we were powerless. He made this great sacrifice at the right time. Won't you experience God's love today? Since God has been so gracious with his love. Since God has given us the type of love that no man could give. My question for you today is what are you going to do with it? Are you going to accept his expression of love? Or are you going to continue in sin? I want you to know that no matter what decision you make today, God still loves you. I pray that you've been pricked in your heart today that you now realize that God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. 
So won't you make a decision today to follow Christ? Won't you make a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Savior? Pray this prayer with me. Father, I come today. I realize the love that you expressed on Calvary's mountain. And first of all, God, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. I'm sorry for the sins that I have committed. And I ask your forgiveness upon me. Forgive me of my sins, O oh God. Forgive me, O oh God, for walking in unrighteousness. And I ask God that you would come into my life and save me. Come in, O oh God, and save me from my sins. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. And again, I ask God that you would forgive me. And I thank you, God, for your saving grace. I thank you, God, for forgiving me of my sins. Now fill me, Father, with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, why don't you drop us a line at WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com. That's WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com to let us know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com. That's WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.